I guess it's on. Blog oh, is that my cue? Radio. This is All About Wine, the talk show dedicated to the wine industry since 2009. Featuring winemaker, cellar master, vineyardist, and tasting expert, Ron. Basically, what we're trying to do on this program is just trying to educate people and trying to make wine less confusing and more friendly. From coast to coast and around the world. You know, we really have had some, some neat people on the program. I, I just, I love that. Post your questions and comments during the live show on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutlinebtr. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash allaboutlinebtr. And now, All About Wine is on. Here's Ron. Wow. There we go. We're, we're oh, back. Where in the world did that drum drum set come from? That was a long yeah. drum. <laughs> yeah, that was a long drum roll there. Just to announce that we're back. Two-week hiatus. Actually, yeah. we everybody had Thanksgiving. Everybody in the United States had Thanksgiving last week, and so we took the week off, but we are back. Mike's in the room. I'm in the room. We got news for you. We've got stories. Hope everybody had a safe and enjoyable Thanksgiving and uh, all of you up north and well, actually out west and everywhere is getting nasty storms. Just stay by your computer and listen to us on Facebook Live. So, Yeah. Good place to be. Um, and we'll take your comments and uh, questions in the uh, Facebook uh, chat area under the, if you're looking at the uh, live stream, you can start chatting there. If it's a question, I'll uh, buzz in and let uh, Ron know it. And we'll, we'll uh, talk about your uh, question or comment. Just have it dealing with wine. <laughs> That's it. Just the That's topic right. is wine. Yeah. That's right. Because <laughs> we are all about wine. Although We're we do slide wine. off a little bit ourselves, but that's for us yes. to do. So. That's yes. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so exclusive. Yeah. If anybody's going to go off topic, it's us. <laughs> it's going to be us. Right. Yeah. Right. It's, it's our show, so we can go off. But not you. You stay on line. That's um, right. <laughs> <laughs> we make the rules. Uh, so, uh, December 5th, 2019, if uh, you are listening to us on uh, Blog Talk Radio, that's the time and day, and you can get in touch with us too. You can go through Facebook or uh, I think there's a chat room or something. What? Or is oh, it only Facebook? Yeah, I think right now it's Facebook. I don't have the chat room active. I don't forgot what that was. Yeah, I, was I just. Yeah, there was one. I just I, we haven't talked about that, but yeah, just go on Facebook if you have any questions. You're listening to us live. If you are not listening to us live, then questions don't do us any good because, um, hey, we're not here. Email <laughs> us. <laughs> you, know, you can email us anytime at allaboutwine101 at gmail dot com, and I will see your comments and questions there. 
And then obviously Facebook is, if you're not there, go to www.facebook.com slash allaboutwinebtr. BTR stands for Blog Talk Radio. Nothing, nothing more than that, since we no. are on Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. So, uh, hmm. very good. We are uh, three weeks out from Christmas. One, one, two, three. Yeah, a little, little less than three weeks from Christmas. So we've got. Uh, We'll be doing a program day after Christmas, so it's Boxing Day, so we'll be on then too. So we'll be covering every day this month. Only only four weeks left in this year. Oh my gosh! It's going by. I know it's it's unbelievable. But uh, any let's see what else exciting happened. Oh, my mother-in-law lives with us. I think I've mentioned that before on the different programs. My wife's mother lives with us. We celebrated her 100th birthday on November the 25th, a couple of days before Thanksgiving. So, yes, thank you. Thank you. We uh, ask everyone out there to send her birthday cards, and we got 38 birthday cards that came in for her and sat down at the table and we read them all to her and all that. She was all excited. She, she enjoyed that, probably more than a party because the party – wasn't in the table for I don't think so, but she got uh, a couple of gift cards from relatives for Olive Garden, which she really likes Olive Garden, and birthday cards from people she hadn't heard from in a long time and all that. So it was good, good birthday for her. But 100 years old, oh my gosh! Wow. Coming up on the next week for food. I hope you had all your good food days this past couple of weeks since we haven't been here. Uh, hope you've got National Cake Day on the 26th. Uh, the National Moose Day was on the 30th of November. The uh, Yesterday was National Cookie Day, which good good time to do it. December is Buckwheat Month, National Pear Month, National Tropical Fruits Month, and root vegetables and exotic fruits month. So there's all sorts of odd things for December. You would not picture fruits and pears and all that for the month of December being the national, but it is. So, you know, I don't make the rules. I just read the paper here. Tomorrow, National uh, Gapacho Day. I think that's a tomato, a cold tomato soup. That's I know I said that wrong. Uh, gazpacho, gazpacho, I don't know, but that is that tomorrow. Familiar. I'm sorry. I said that sounds familiar. That's yeah, familiar. it's a, it's a cold yeah. tomato soup, uh, fresh yeah. tomato soup. Uh, I, I cannot see if I've ever had it. I think gazpacho, gazpacho, but that's tomorrow. Saturday National Cotton Candy Day which you can get cotton candy in the little bags at different stores now, as I see them advertised. Although it's best to get it fresh at the ball game or something. Sunday, National Brownie Day. There you go. Have yourself some brownies and some red wine. That, that would be good. Monday, Christmas Card Day and National Pastry Day. And Tuesday, National Lager Day. So that's, that's for you beer people out there. And then Wednesday, 
National Noodle Ring Day. National Noodle Ring Day. A ring noodle or noodle ring? I'm not sure, but it is Wednesday, National Noodle Ring Day. And then Poinsettia Day comes up next Thursday, which is not a whole lot of wine to eat or drink with that food, but if you got poinsettia sitting on the table, you can match that with just about any type of wine that you want. And today is the repel of the prohibition. We are going to talk about that in more detail a little bit after I tell you some other odd news here, but that's going to be something we're going to talk about prohibition and then the repel of prohibition. Look into that a little bit. New Wines, Multicultural Inspiration, La Fete du Rosé, launched its self-titled line of rosé wine from the heart of Saint-Tropez, France. It is crafted with today's multicultural consumers in mind, said the company. It's a blend of 80% Grenache, 14% Mavrude, and 6% Syrah. Comes in 750 milliliter bottles, suggested retail price $23.99. And it is in select markets, including Florida, Georgia, Washington, D.C., California, and New York. So if you live in any of those places, you can try it. And if not, then I'm sure it will be national distribution before very long. I was doing some shopping, wine shopping. I almost want to say I remember seeing that on the shelf, but I don't know for sure, so I'm not going to not going to say. All right, a couple other new wines here. This is from the Willamette Valley Wines. Greetings Wine Company launched its Greetings from the Willamette Valley Wine series in four varieties. They have a Pinot Noir, a Pinot Gris, a Rosé, and a Columbia Merlot. They're grown in state vineyards and organically farmed. 750 bottles. The Greeting Series features a 3.5% alcohol volume content and are now available in select retailers for a suggested retail price of $16.99 to $19.99. And it says 13.5%. That's... A little high for the Pinot Gris and the Rosé, but hey. And so selected retail markets, it's hard to say where. Greetingswinecompany.com, if you're curious if it's in your market or not. Another one, Cooper & King's American Brandy Company released the latest bottle in its portfolio. It's the King American Brandy which was a is a tribute to Elvis. Riding with the King is a little more than five years old. It was first aged for 32 months in Kentucky bourbon barrels, then followed by 29 months of maturation in King Estate Grenache, Syrah, and Malverde French oak barrels that are 228 liters or 60 gallons in size. The distilling is 100% Muscat d'Alexandria, and double distilled in Cooper and King's Vindome Copper Pot Stills. There's a lot of information about this brandy. Bottled at 54% alcohol, riding with the King is packaged in a 750 milliliter bottle. 
and it goes for $65 a bottle. That's a reasonable price for being aged like it is and all that. That that sounds like it might be a good brandy, good smooth brandy. Look at copperandkings.com, C-O-P-P-E-R and kings.com. And that will tell you more information. And there's something else I saw which was interesting. Make the holidays bright. With this holiday season on us, Drenzik Wines and co-founder Brett and Alexa Beta announced the addition of a wine advent calendar. All right, now this is fun here. Designed to make the countdown to Christmas merrier, each advent calendar comes with 24 different single-serve wines and Dresnick's brand new designer bottle, the company says. Dresnick wines are packaged in slim glass bottles that are just a little larger than the standard glass of wine at 6.3 ounce servings. Standard glass is usually 6 ounces, so this is 6.3 ounces. The company has partnered with a variety of small to medium-sized wineries from around the globe to source this wine. Each calendar comes with 24 individual glasses of wine, 14 red wines, 8 white wines, 1 rosé, and 1 blue wine. It it doesn't say anything more than that, what they are, what a blue wine is, or anything. The Wine Advent Calendar retails for $99. That sort of seems cool to me. I, I really would like to get one of those if I can find one. I've been checking all that. I guess maybe online might be the way to go. And since Amazon does do wine now, they might have it. But something like that would be fun. A different wine each night all the way up to Christmas. I don't know which one they end up with. It doesn't say anything else. But if I do happen to find it or if I find anything more. And it doesn't give a website either way. Wine Advent Calendar or does it? Drenchip wines? I don't know. But if I find out more, I will let you know. Okay. Um, Let's see. What do we got coming up here on our wineries? Where am I? Uh, I don't know. I'll find it in a little bit here. First, I'm going to talk about something. I don't know if you realize, if we had a, a, a missile launch today from Cape Canaveral, another one. Actually, those of you who lived in Florida, if you went outside and looked to the east, you could have seen the contrail going up, which is always pretty cool to see that stuff, knowing what they're doing and all that. But that went out today. But the last launch they did earlier this month they launched 12 bottles of Bordeaux wine from a NASA site in Virginia destined for the International Space Station. And it is going to be there for a year. It's going to see how the absence of Earth's gravity is going to well affect the wine. You're going to see Accelerated evolutions, different evolutions, neutral evolutions, really, they don't know. They're taking uh, taking all things into consideration and trying to find out 
what happens when it is in zero gravity space. Uh, the bottles will, re will, retrie will be retrieved in a year and compared to identical bottles that have been kept on the ground of the same lot and everything. So it's not going to be comparing apples to oranges. Uh, there is a huge challenge of producing food as the earth gets warmer because of climate change. So they're saying that this is another way of looking at possibly growing stuff in outer space or in zero gravity so that it could be useful in other areas. Uh, the private companies at stake in outer space could let scientific organizations focus on bigger projects, uh, said uh, all the Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, and Space Race, and all those all those people who are doing that stuff. So there is a uh, a different way to look at stuff and different way to see how it ages. They said if we get it wrong, we're not going to have the science and exploration that has been benefiting people on Earth since the uh, Apollo program. So they're going to have an opportunity to test wine for a year in outer space uh, but it's they say if it works and if it does some things that are good then it would be well worth exploring it even further so uh, outer space we're getting we got wine set up in outer space for a year now aging for a year actually years not that long I don't know if it's going to make a big difference or not in just a year, but no, we'll see. It might, you know, a year in zero gravity might make a big difference in it. And so as opposed to just a year on earth, Connecticut, small state, not really thought of a whole lot as a wine area, but they passed a farm winery act in 1978 in Connecticut. And since they did that, the wine and grape industry has been growing. Now there are 56 wineries spread across Connecticut, and there are two existing AVAs, American English Culture Areas. One, the Western Connecticut Highlands AVA, and the Southeastern New England AVA has been approved, and they are operating. But as of November the 12th, another Connecticut AVA the Eastern Connecticut Highland ABA became official. And the 12 wineries within that ABA will be permitted to produce the state bottled wines and to market their distinct region. So a new ABA out of Connecticut, if you are in that area or something, it would be wise to check that out. The eastern and western edge of the AVA has sharp ridges and higher elevations than the central portion, which are, has rounded hills. The soil compilation is uh, mostly uh, metamorphic rocks from the Paleozoic era that are difficult to erode. So it has been pretty much the same for forever. The younger rocks has eroded sandstone, shell, and basalt lava flows, which we're going, yeah, okay, what does that mean? Well, it means it's good good soil for water and to get the roots in and all that. That's what it means. The area is cold climate. Red varieties can 
grow okay there. Uh, Rieslings, uh, Chardonnays, Cabernet Franc, Dorn Children, and Gamay are some of the, the vinifera grapes that have been proven to grow very well there. Uh, the year, though, has produced some poor wines because of the weather being so crazy up there. The Sharp Hill Vineyards, the uh, oldest and largest winery in the AVA, and that was established in 1996. It produces about 15,000 cases a year, and it has been uh, subject to some prolonged wet weather and some sub-zero temperatures in January, so it's been battling all sorts of weather conditions up there. That's one of the things with that area of the country. I mean, just even right now, they are battling it. So, uh, but a third AVA out of Connecticut, uh, the Eastern Connecticut Highlands AVA. We'll have to get a hold of a a winery up there and see what we can find out about the area and stuff like that. Might be a good time to call them now since they're not doing anything but shivering, basically. So, okay. uh, Oh, is this what I want here? Yes. All right. Walsh Vineyards. to them. Walsh Vineyards is now shipping all over the place. They're shipping to what they say, 26 states here now. Well, where is that? I just saw that. Uh, online store shipping currently shipping to, well, I don't know. Go to walshvineyards.com W-A-L-T-Z vineyards.com and Check them out there. They are now shipping to a bus. They've got a list of the states you're going to. You can call them 717-664-9463 to see if you're they're shipping to your state or visit their wines at waltzvineyards.com or info at waltzvineyards.com if you have any questions. They're located in Mannheim, Pennsylvania. And they are waiting for your call. Operators are standing by. I doubt that. It's after closing time there. But 24 states, it says. They're shipping to 24 states for the holidays. New line of wines for the holidays and everything for you. So get a hold of them and see if they're shipping to you, or you can check out their website and see what they have uh, to offer there. Uh, Domenico Winery and Vineyards, I got one from there, but they don't say anything about, oh yeah, December Blush and Brush, Blush and Brush event. I think it's going to be a tasting of wine and painting, and that's coming up on December the 12th, which is next Thursday, week from today. Uh, they have other stuff going on all the time there, though. Delmonico has a bunch of stuff happening at the winery. They always do. They're, they're, I get emails from them constantly. So, Demonico Winery, uh, check them out. You can see them at the website, Demonico. What is it, Demonico Vineyards or Demonico Winery? I'm on their Facebook page here. Let me get off their Facebook page and see what their website is. I don't know. Well, I think it's people. I go through this every time. Uh, DemonicalWinery.com. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah, I just looked it up too. 
Yeah, I, every time I go to DeMichael, they never give, you know, the strangest site to go to on that because you, they just give highlight page and you click on the different things you're interested in. So, and it's usually not the stuff I want to see. So, DeMichaelWinery.com and they are located where? Baxter, Tennessee. Oh, that's right. Okay. You say that every time and I forget every time. I'm going to have to. Sorry, remember that. Demonico, if you're listening, put your state on there. City and state. All right. And let's see. Nope. I'm done with this one. Let's go over to this one. And I've got a couple of wineries here. Ron Rubin Winery. Always get a newsletter from them every month. If you don't, it's very interesting. The winemaker at Ron Rubin Winery, and they're located in Sonoma, always puts out a newsletter every month saying what's going on there, giving you a little story. He has pictures, and a very interesting, very interesting little thing. He has pictures of vineyards and stuff, and he is very informative. Joe Freeman is the one that does it. He's a winemaker for Ron Rubin Winery in Green Valley of the Russian River Valley. So, and he calls it Joe's Winemaking Notes, and each month he shares what's happening and all that. If you're interested in signing up for that, you can do so, and that's all you get, just one a month. They don't flood you with a whole bunch of other stuff or anything, and uh, you go to Ron Rubin Winery, or, well, let me see, what is the address? I think it's Ron Rubin Winery. Yeah, ronrubinwinery.com. And uh, sign up for the newsletter, uh, the uh, Joe, the winemaker's new, uh, newsletter, our winemaking notes, he calls it, which is interesting. So do that. It's it's a quick read. You can read the whole thing in you know less than five minutes, even if you're a slow reader. You can read it in less than five minutes. But it is interesting and, and a good read and, and a lot of fun. I haven't read this much yet, so I just just came in today, actually. So I have to have that to read. And then I have Keith Joshua has uh, got December event. They're located in Arizona. And they are doing uh, Grapes to Grotto at Arizona Center in Phoenix this Saturday and Sunday. So if you are in that area of the country uh, at the... uh, Downtown Phoenix at the Arizona Center, and there's going to be all sorts of sellers there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine wineries from around the state of Arizona is going to be there. And, uh, well, no, he says more than a dozen here, so I guess that list is not completely up to date. Plus other items and other people and other stuff, and I think Santa Claus is going to be there and all sorts of good stuff. So... If you are in the Arizona area, Phoenix area, then uh, stop by the Phoenix, the uh, yeah, Arizona Center in downtown Phoenix, and check out the event there. That's uh, the eighth. That's seventh and eighth. That's this Saturday and Sunday. From 11 to 7 and 11 to 5 on Sunday. And also Tampa's Creek Vineyards and their blog. They send out every, 
every, uh, I think I get that like every two weeks or so. So Tablets Creek, great little blog. I've talked about it before and it's well worth a read there too. So sign up for that. Tablets Ridge, uh, Tassel Ridge Winery. This is located in uh, Northern Florida. Uh, this located in Iowa, rather. I'm thinking of the other one. This located in Iowa, at in Iowa. They have uh, holiday shopping with a glass of wine, uh, wine dinner, and murder mystery coming up uh, this weekend. And uh, their holiday shopping half off on shipping with a case purchase. A bunch of stuff going on there. You can check them out at CastleRidge.com. Not Tass Ridge, I'm just playing Tassel Ridge. T A S S E L R I D G E. And they have some nice wines. For those of you who are a sweet wine lover, they got a lot of great sweet wines. And I think that's it on the wineries I have there. Uh, let's see. Let me see if there's anything else that I wanted to talk about before we start getting into yeah there is let me find it here I was going to talk about the well maybe I can't find it here I thought I was going to find it right away but maybe it's not going to be as easy as I had I had anticipated uh, hmm, okay, Connecticut, I got that one. Uh, Connecticut AVA. There's another AVA being opened up in California, and I thought I had that right here. Petaluma, I think, was the new AVA that's just opened. Huh. Oh, well. I can't find that one right now. Yeah, that's a Petaluma Petaluma Gap? Petaluma Gap, yes, yes. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, Petaluma Gap. Yeah, I heard that. That just opened up, too. That's a new ABA that hasn't been open very long. And uh, located in Petaluma. And so, well, I knew I had that here. That drives me nuts when I... Can't find. I have so many tabs open, and then I lose track of what I got on each one. So, but Petaluma Gap, yeah, it's a, a new ABA that is opening up, obviously in California, and it uh, unique by itself. ABAs, that's what ABAs are: unique growing conditions and unique grapes and stuff. So check those out also. Any any AVA or anyone. They don't say AVA on the labels, but you can look up AVA. TTB.gov has an AVA page, and you can go onto that and find all sorts of AVA. So if you're in a certain area, you can check and see if there's one in your area. I don't think Florida has any AVAs, but just, I mean, they're all over the country. There's different ones all over, some big ones, some small ones. But it's unique growing conditions, unique uh, grapes and stuff for those growing conditions. And it's a special 
special area. So check it out. Today is the repel anniversary of the repel of prohibition. That's a good thing. But let's let's do a little history of repel of prohibition and prohibition and where we are now. And the reason I'm going to go through this is uh, today's a good day to do it because it is the repel of prohibition. When prohibition was put into effect in, I think, 1918, it stopped the legal transportation and sale of liquor. Now, the key to that, probably more than anything, is the transportation line. And it stopped it from going across state lines and stuff. The southern moonshine runners are famous for running it all over the place and everything else. And the speakeasies and all that survived throughout prohibition. People didn't stop drinking. They just didn't drink out in the open and it still survived and it still continued to do it. The oldest continuously operating winery in the United States. And we actually was on the phone and interviewed and we interviewed the winemaker from there by by luck, I, I was quite thrilled that we were able to talk to the winemaker. Brotherhood Winery in New York State. And the winemaker also has a winery in Chile, which he spends time between the one in Chile and the one in New York. And he has wines from both of them in each of the other wineries, by the way. But Brotherhood Winery continued to operate legally throughout Prohibition because they were designated as selling to churches, sacramental wine, which under the prohibition law, that was legal. And there was quite a few of them that were designated sacramental winemakers for for churches and stuff, and some small ones and some a little bit large ones. But Brotherhood Winery was in existence before prohibition by quite a bit. And then they made it through prohibition by selling sacramental wine legally and then continued up afterward. A lot of the wineries went out of business. It, a lot of alcohol places went out of business during prohibition. They could not survive, and so, therefore, they closed the door. The state of Missouri had some of the biggest wineries and wine areas in the country in the early 1900s. When Prohibition came, it stopped it, shuttered the doors. After Prohibition was repelled, California started to grow grapes. Well, actually, they were growing grapes, but California picked up a lot of, because they had the land, they had the area, and they had the climate, picked up a lot of the wine growing possibilities. And they were the ones that actually became the state to go to for wine, other than you know, what it used to be in the Midwest. At, when Prohibition was repelled, which was actually on December 5th, 1933, it Excuse me. It uh, started to change drinking across the country completely. 
the uh, 1932 World's Fair in Chicago uh, was uh, uh, the start of a celebration for the Repel. And uh, there is now celebrations everywhere on Repel Day. There is one here in the Tampa area, uh, the Tampa Bay Repel Day Gala, which is was today, and I think it goes for the next couple of days too. It's uh, they call it the Volstead Act, and it's a repeal of the prohibition, which stopped the distribution and drinking of alcohol in the country. When they repelled it, though, what the Volstead Act did was to basically throw the control of wine and spirits, but I will say wine, control of wine back to the states. And their infinite wisdom, the government says, we're not going to handle this. States, it's your job to take care of it. And boy, did they. Every state started to make their own rules and regulations. And did it ever become a mess? And to this day, it still is a mess, actually. And we're still trying to get it sorted out. Some states, and we've talked to different wineries in some states, some states are still so strict that they can't do certain things because of the repercussions from the prohibition, basically. Kansas being one of them, Kansas got some pretty strict rules. Arkansas, you can't ship across state lines, or you can ship across state lines, you can't ship across the street. Uh, The state of Alabama, is very tight on the rules. We talked to a winery there that the owner said that he has his big old winery and in the corner of his big old winery in a a bricked up room with no interest in the winery, but only an entrance that outside is his son who is the distributor. Because most states set up a three tier system. You have sales, you have distribution and you have manufacturing. And most of them said you can't own all three licenses. That would be bad because that would be a conflict of interest. That would be a monopoly. So you can't own all three licenses. So what they did say was we have to have distributors to distribute all this stuff. And this is one of the reasons why whenever you see anything about organized crime or any of the members of organized crime, that one of their jobs and one of the things that they were always contributed to doing would be a distributor because it was a very lucrative, very lucrative job. And it was a good way to control the sales of alcohol and different things and all that. And I, you know, I'm not going to get into everything that happened there, but, you know, there's been stories and movies and all that about that. And so there's no need to do that. But, the, you know, organized crime did a lot of the distribution when it was first turned over to the states because they were able to. And you could not sell and distribute. You could not distribute and make it. You could not make it and sell it because there was different tiers, different people had it. Now, There are some states that let you do all of them. There are some states that you can get license 
for all three of them. Actually, before I closed the winery, I had all three licenses. I had a distributor's license, I had a retail license, I had a manufacturer's license, which is unusual, which is rare. And Southern Wine and Spirits, which is the big distributor, one of the biggest in the country, actually, Southern Wine and Spirits located on Miami, was not thrilled with the fact that we had all three licenses, but there wasn't much they can do about it since I had all three licenses and I kept them up and I paid my bills like I was supposed to and everything was above board. And I was small enough that it didn't hurt them any. If I decided to grow big, I'm sure they would have came in and had a nice talk with me about it or had a nice talk with the government or something and said, hey, he, he shouldn't be doing that. It would have been stopped, although the government knew because every month they checked my books and every year I paid the fees to keep the license. So, and then other states are very, very tight about it. You can only own one or the other or something like that. But this is what prohibition, the repellent prohibition did. It actually stopped all of uh, it actually stopped the federal government from controlling alcohol and put it on the states. Now, you say, how did it pass to begin with if it was on the states? Well, our representatives, our state representatives, and they're the ones that did it. So that's how it went through. Right or wrong, that's what they did. So when it was repelled, they said, states, it's up to you. And then we got this... <sighs> Unbelievable. Well, actually, at the time, 48 states, 48 different rules and regulations. Alaska and Hawaii not being with us yet. 48 different things, different rules. 48 different ways they said they were doing it. 48 different problems. I couldn't order from here. I couldn't order from there. When I did, I, you know, and then it just, it became ridiculous. So slowly but surely, they started to tweak the rules. They started to tweak the regulations. They started to tweak them a little bit, make them a little bit more friendly. Some states were much more friendly than others. Some states made rules that if you bought a case of wine in the shop, they can ship it to you back home, regardless of what state you live in. But then if you went home and you drank it on, you got on the phone and ordered it or got on the web and ordered it or some a telegram and ordered it, they couldn't ship it to you because you were not there in person. And that quite a few states were that way. California was one that way for a long time. We can't ship it to you unless you buy it in person. They tweaked those rules a little bit and they changed that. They couldn't ship them to certain states because certain states wouldn't let you ship in wines from other states. This is all state rules because the states were given the right to make their own rules. Then about, and I, I'm going to get this timeline wrong here on this one, about 15 years ago, Costco in Washington State said, wait a minute, I'm getting tired of these regulations and rules that are putting on us. I'm a retail business, and I can't get wine in from this state because of the regulations, and I can't do this because of regulations, and I can't do this because of regulations. And so they sued, and Michigan sued along with them, and a couple other states joined in on the suit, saying we want better distribution. Well, uh, freethegrapes.org started up a few years before them, and freethegrapes.org has been fighting fervently for years trying to open up 
distribution or sales to all states, not just restricted to one or two, but you know, they've been wanting it so that you can buy wine from anywhere and ship it anywhere and just free the grapes. Let us do whatever we want with it. It's not going to hurt anybody and it's not going to hurt anything. Well, with the advent of the internet, it became even more of a battleground because then they're saying, okay, we can order through the internet, but we can't ship to this state. And even now, I just read um, 24 states they can ship to for Christmas winery. Another one say we can ship to this. Some states are very restrictive. Ohio being one of those still that states, if you're going to ship to my state, you have to have the label approved and you have to get a license for each label, which basically each wine that you ship into my state, you have to have a license for. And a license can range anywhere from 20 bucks to 100, 120. If you get a license for your winery for a year, it could be, you know, three, four hundred dollars, depending on the state, depending where you're shipping and stuff like that. Some states put on regulations that you can only ship so many bottles a year. I know, I know. The question always arises whenever anybody said that, how do they know? How are they going to tell if I received 12 models are a hundred bottles. They don't. In, the federal government is not going to check into every, or even states are not going to check into every case that you receive and be sure that you get all this. They don't have the manpower. They don't have the time. They don't have the word. I mean, they do not care basically unless they can find some way to make money from it, which I will tell you a little story in a moment here. But these are all rules. So, Costco, Washington State, and other states sued to be able to distribute wines to other places and receive wines from other places. This suit worked its way through the system and went all the way to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court took forever, like they do on anything. Okay. This is December the 5th. We will take this up on our next docket in October. You know, it's one of those things. So everybody sat around with bated breath. October came. They looked at the thing or whatever date it was. I say that just to show you. But whatever date it was, they sat and they looked at this thing. They finally reviewed it and came out with a 320-page decision. You know, and there's some dissent, some afford and all that. I mean, just like the Supreme Court always does. And basically, 320 page decision saying, you're right. It's not fair. And that was their ruling. And, and, and in a nutshell, that was their ruling. You're right. It's not fair. And because it's not fair, states do something about it. And you're right. We threw our hands up in the air and we shook our head and we said, okay, here we go again. Same thing that happened on December 5th, 1933 happened again on this decision. They threw it right back at the states and the states did the same thing again, started to play around with it, started to do all sorts of rules and regulations and stuff like that. And free the grapes out or threw their hands up there and says, oh my gosh, there was a chance to do something here and it didn't happen. 
And it just became the same old thing that it always does. Everybody's wondering what's going to happen. And if the government found ways to make money out of it, they would have. Now, this gets me back to my story. I ordered wines from Chile at the winery. We got a couple of shipments in from Chile. of a sister winery in Chile, uh, Vinicen Esteban. And Vinicen Esteban was located in the Calagua Valley. And we worked with them, and we ordered some Carmenere and some Cabernet Sauvignon Merlot, Sauvignon Blanc, and Chardonnay. Great wines. They did a great job, great wines. We ordered a container, these big metal containers. I know you know what I'm talking about. You see them on ships. You see them in, on docks and stuff like that. Any pictures that show of container ships, you always see them on YouTube always shows them falling off the ships, different things like this. We ordered a big container full of wine. It came from Chile to Miami. And we're, the whole time, we're saying, okay, we need this. Contacted our person in Miami, said, we want this as soon as it gets there. We want this on a truck and brought up here. This is wine. We don't want it sitting on the dock down there in Miami. This was June? I think June or July. It was was summer. It was hot. We don't want this sitting on the dock in Miami. We want this shipped up to us as soon as it comes in there. Our man says, we'll get this on the truck. As soon as it's unloaded from the ship that day, we'll have it on the truck that afternoon and be on your way. You will have it less than 24 hours later. Within 24 hours from the day it lands, it's fantastic. So we're keeping track of it, and there's you know there's ways you can keep track of everything, even on the sea where the ships are and what's happening, all that. So we were keeping track of it, and when it was right outside of Miami, we said we contacted the man. We said we need this up there now. We're reminding you. He says, "Oh, we'll get it there." It arrived in Miami on a Thursday. On Thursday afternoon, he calls us, and he says, Homeland Security has flagged this container to be inspected. And we go, what? They said, yes, they have flagged it. They do that. They flag different containers. Since this came out of Chile, they flagged it to be inspected. And he said, okay, well, that's great. Have them inspected this afternoon and ship it tomorrow morning and get it to us. He says, well, they said they probably won't get to it until Monday or Tuesday. Well, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you know, do they know it's wine? I mean, it, they can't sit down there in this container for a weekend in the heat. And the basic answer was, well, they don't care what it is. They're going to inspect it, and it's going to be done. So what can you do? I mean, really, I mean, what can you do? We, we were beside ourselves and appalled by the whole situation. But what can we do? We told the guy, let us know on any progress. Anything that happens, let us know. He called us on Sunday evening and said that they're supposed to be by the first thing Monday and take a look at it and inspect it. And we said, how long will that take? And he says, I don't know. He said, you know, we should be able to get out of here by Monday afternoon. Well, they showed up Monday. They did the inspection. It wasn't Monday morning. We didn't ship it until Tuesday morning. We got it Tuesday afternoon. 
and I remember this timeline because it was so ridiculous. This great big container comes in. They drop off the container in the back so we can unload it and put it in the warehouse. And I climb up on a ladder to where the lock is on the container. And our lock, and you, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but there's little silver silver bands that they put on it whenever they ship stuff. It's just secure, so you know if that's snapped open and something's been in there. Well, our silver band was snapped open, and there was a new band in there that had, um, what was it? Not ATF. Um, maybe it was ATF. Or Homeland Security. I don't know. I can't remember. Homeland Security is supposed to have checked it, but it wasn't a Homeland Security band. It was something else. But there was a new band replaced it there. I snapped that off. I opened up the back door. And wine was packed all the way to the back. It was just it was a solid wall right there. I climb up to the top. I grab a case. And here's one case at the top of the whole stack. One case had been, the top had been tore open. One bottle was taken out. It was upside down. They put them all upside down. One bottle was taken out and put back in right side up. And that was it. That was it. Nothing more. Nothing else was done. One bottle was looked at. They closed the door. They resealed it. And I thought, we waited four days for this We could have done it in five minutes. I mean, literally five minutes that could have been done. So, again, government getting involved with it, but the government doesn't do anything for free like that. We got a flag for that. A couple weeks later, we got a bill from Homeland Security for their inspection of our shipment for $500 talking about being appalled. We, I say we, uh, Mark worked with me. Uh, we worked together at the time. And we just, you know, $500 to look at one bottle. And that was it. I mean, that's all they did was look at one bottle. What can you do? You had to pay the bill. We tried to protest it and all that. And basically it said, you can't. You need to pay that bill. You know, because they can, they hold much more power than you do. So, so we paid the bill. So, in prohibition, let's get back to that. If they can find ways to make money, the government will. And when they threw it back to the states, the states found ways to make money. So they started to tax different things. They started to add money onto it. So the price you pay in the store goes through a three-tier system a lot of times. If you can get it from the winery, a lot of the times it's cheaper. A lot of times it's cheaper to get it at the winery than it is if you buy in the store because you have distribution costs. You have extra charges onto it. So it continued to be the same as it was. Nothing really changed from the repellent prohibition on this date, 1933, to when they did this new ruling, which was, I, I can't remember the date, 10, 12 years ago or so, something like that. 
it continues on. Different states are making new rules. Different ones are opening up more and more. Frida Grapes is doing a great job. They're Whenever they hear about a new legislation going through that opens up shipping of wines or something, they tell the people in that state, they probably tell the people in that state, get a hold of your congressman, get a hold of your representatives, get a hold of your state representatives and congressmen in the state and tell them to pass this bill and all that stuff. And it, you know, it works. They've gotten a lot of them. The president of freethegrace.org says he will be happy the day that he no longer has a job because that's the day that all the states will be able to ship wine freely amongst themselves. And so I understand his his goal there. But then it happened again. Not too long ago, and I say not too long ago because I talked about this uh, not too long ago. Not too long ago, on back in October, the Supreme Court heard another case. This was the case of Tennessee Wine and Spirits Retailers Association versus Thomas. In June, they ruled on this, which struck down a residency requirement for liquor license applicants in Tennessee. Now, doesn't sound like a big deal, but it is because to get a liquor license, you had to live in the state. You had to have a brick and mortar store, as they call them, in the state. But with this new rule, you didn't have to. All right. In the long term, Legal experts are saying the precedent set by the ruling could expand out-of-state shipping options for consumers. And because of e-commerce boom, this creates a whole new competition for wineries. It opened it up. It opened up for the wineries to say, okay, we we don't have to have a brick-and-mortar place. We don't have to have a building in Iowa to sell wine from Florida State Winery because it was no longer required. You, as long as you can get your license and stuff there, then that's all that it took. Okay, so the ruling centered on barring discrimination against out-of-state retailers, which is basically what the, here it is, the Granholm versus Heald judgment uh, for wine use in 2005. That's the one I was telling you about earlier in 2005. Uh, That's when I took, wow, that's uh, 15 years ago. 16 years ago almost. Um, Ran versus held in in 15 years ago or so. This does the same thing. This is opening it up so we can ship. You don't have to have it. (coughs) Excuse me. So what has this done? Nothing. This is still being kicked around. What does it mean? This is the question. What do they mean by that? What does it now? What do you mean? What does it mean? It means that you can't do it anymore. You don't have to have a brick and mortar place, but that hasn't stopped them from questioning it on and on and on. Uh, the Direct relationship with customers involves not just a tangible 
value adds, like discounts and fritations, but also the story behind the wines and all this other stuff. And this is the thing that sells wines. So at the heart of the legal debate over out-of-state shipping is the 21st Amendment, which is the amendment to repel prohibition. This protects the rights of states to regulate import of alcohol as they see fit, collecting appropriate taxes and regulating legal consumer access. That is the 21st Amendment. The Supreme Court's ruling disallows the kind of protectionist laws meant to explicitly favor in-state over out-of-state industry, which also includes online-based retailers. So this opens up, this latest ruling that happened just this last June, it's opened up a whole new area. The original 21st Amendment said, states, you can do it. You can control it. It's your right to control what comes into your state, your right to control what you're protecting your in-state wineries and stuff like that. But this new ruling says, hey, not really. That is illegal. Most states now allow out-of-state wineries to ship directly to consumers uh, despite the pushback from the original ruling in 2005. Uh, so, a similar fight to state levels regarding direct-to-consumer shipping for retailers is going on. Twelve states allow out-of-state retailer shipping. But uh, some retailers uh, ship on a reciprocal basis. If I can ship to you, you can ship to me, and stuff like that. But we're still in the middle of this big mess of what is going to happen, what is not going to happen, all that. But because of the fact that you don't have to have a physical presence in the States, opens up the possibility that you can ship a lot more, which, again, goes against basically the 21st Amendment. I had a state representative on the show talking about one of the things that can be done. He says the Commerce Clause. He says the Commerce Clause could clear everything for everybody. Why don't you just get together and sue because of the Commerce Clause? The Commerce Clause basically says one state cannot restrict another state from doing business. Excuse me, and that's what the Commerce Clause says. So if one state says, I don't want your wine in here, that's restricting me from doing business. And so therefore, it is against the Commerce Clause. So I don't know. It's it's an ongoing thing. Uh, prohibition was great back in 1933. Uh, let's see, this is 2019. Let's let me do the math. That was what uh, I don't know. I can't can't think that well. Um, but there are currently ongoing court challenge case challenges uh, and similarly restrictive laws in Illinois, Missouri, and Michigan. And there's all sorts of stuff continuously going on because of this latest ruling. 
And the latest ruling, they're saying, well, wait a minute, that's against the 21st Amendment. They can't rule against an amendment like that. But then the Supreme Court says, I'm not ruling against the amendment. We're ruling in the favor of free trade and stuff like that. So it's a big old stink, and it continues to be a big old stink, and it will be. I am on the side of freethegrapes.org. I would love to see shipping from every state to every state without restrictions and stuff. And if they want to tax us, fine, tax us. If I want a wine from a little small winery that I visited in Montana, and I love the wine, and I love the people, and it was great, and it was wonderful, and I just, I, I never tasted a wine like that, and I want to get it again, and I drive back down here to Florida with a case of it, I run out, and I want to order more, I would like to be able to pick up the phone or go online and order more without having them say, oh, you can't do that or something. If they want to charge me 10% tax or 12% tax, okay. If I like it enough, I'll get it. You know, it, it makes no difference. And that's more money in the state revenue's pocket. And if they look at it that way, then I think they're going to start loosening up on the restrictions. There, if you start talking about dollars and cents, that talks to them more than anything. And so, well, we celebrate the repellery of the the 21st or the voting in of the 21st Amendment today and the repellent prohibition today, and it's a good thing, but it still hasn't really been solved all the way through. I'm sure we'll see more court cases too, and more that go all the way to the Supreme Court. And sit there for a long time. <laughs> and sit there for a long time. Yeah, it usually yeah. does. It, they usually do. Supreme Court never rules on anything right away. Yeah. Hmm. So. I don't understand. I, I mean, do they have a lot on their plate? I don't know. Is, are they that busy that, gosh, you know, we just can't get to it, uh, you know, within the next uh, eight to ten months. Uh, but, yeah, uh, I, yeah we'll put it I don't think else. so. Yeah, I, I can't see I them. I don't that much. <laughs> right, yeah. I've always wondered why the Supreme Court says, yes, we'll take on this case, and then you don't see another mm-hmm. ruling for eight, ten, twelve months. I, why? Why does it take that long? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, doesn't make sense. Um, huh. And that I never heard that story before about the uh, the wine shipment uh, going into Miami and then Homeland Security doing all that. That's that's incredible. That's just oh, that I, is it, it, we were five hundred dollars, five hundred dollar bill for an inspection you didn't order, uh, but it was done. You know, they were they having a party or something it. on your behalf. Did they dedicate the party to you or something? I mean, they, they you know, it, it sure sounds like it. I mean, it just, it's unbelievable. It, it's, it was, it, it was just absolutely, we, we were, we were fit to be tied. Uh, it just, and when we got that bill, I mean, we were upset anyway that it took them an extra four days to get the shipment to us. Right. And we unloaded the the container, and it took us a long time. There's two of us unloading this enormous container and stacking up and all that stuff. We did a nice job. We put everything together, and we got the truck out of there, and they didn't charge us extra for time on the truck, which we're always afraid of. But then about a week and a half, two weeks later, when we got that bill, we went, what? You know, they looked at Mm. one bottle in one box. Yeah. Yeah. 
Too bad you couldn't like turn around and resue them back for for messing up the shipment. You know, okay, uh, we'll pay you the five hundred, but it's a thousand for the damages you did. <laughs> yeah, you know, we had these wines destroyed because of the heat, so therefore you have that's right a bill for fifty thousand dollars for you. Yeah, I know it's there's you know, fair. We, Let's, uh, in yeah. fact, the uh, the owner at the time uh, is son-in-law who took over as owner after he died but uh, his son-in-law is a lawyer and we ask him is there anything we can do about this i mean this is 500 dollars here for nothing i mean it was really nothing we were getting no value nothing back on it absolutely nothing and he said i don't know let me check into it he calls us next day and says pay it wow and, and you know, that was it. Pay it. Mm. So ridiculous. It is. It well. is. And we were one example. Can you imagine? I mean. Oh yeah. I bet they're they're doing it all over the place. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. What's a one of the largest seaports? Is that San Francisco, Los Angeles? The San Francisco large seaport? Imagine all the yeah, yeah. San Francisco, San Diego. Making a killing. Making yeah. Out there. yeah. Funding funding San, the whole program. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm they cut on that. San Diego, San Diego's enormous. When I was out visiting um, a wine out in California, one of the biggest ones in the country out there, one of the biggest ones in the world actually. The uh, one day the guy said, uh, "Come on, I'm gonna show you something." He took me around, and on the back of a flatbed truck was this enormous bladder. It looked like an enormous water bed, big rubber bladder. Mm-hmm. And there was a hose, and they were pumping into it. And I said, what are you putting in this? And he says, Riesling. We're pumping in Riesling in this. I go, really? I said, wow. how much does it hold? And he says, this particular bladder owes, what do you say, 250,000 gallons. Mm. And I go, where's it going? He says, to Germany. I go, Germany? I said, wow. they're, 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 they're Riesling. He goes, yeah. He said, but this is going to Germany. He said, it goes from here down to San Diego. From San Diego, it goes over to Germany. And then they take it from there. And wow. so they were shipping this out of uh, out of San Diego. And I said, do you ship often? He goes, oh, he said, we ship all over the world. He said, California. He said, you would be amazed at how many shipments of wine go out of California around the world. Yeah. And I'd probably be because I was amazed on seeing that just that one bladder, you know. So. Hmm. Yeah. But they didn't offer yeah. they didn't offer straws or glasses or anything. And, no, I, I asked. <laughs> I said, "Do you have a little?" You know, no, we can't. Yeah. But uh, you know, hmm. great big, great big bladder on the back of this truck. Wow. You know, you know pump hmm. into it. But, the ultimate tailgate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pull up to a football game with that. <laughs> We're, here. We're here. We're here. That's right. Oh, forget the game. We got one. <laughs> yep. and, uh, wow. Uh, well, um, do you have anything else to add? It's about 8, 11 uh, p.m. Was it? 8, 11 p.m. Thursday, 12, 5, 2019. Uh, yeah. Let me see. Uh, I had 
something else that I'm just going to mention. Let's see if I can find it. No, no, I guess not. I got that. I got that. I covered that. I covered that. The fires are all out in California. There's no more there. So those are all taken care of. That's good. Yes. So we don't have to worry about that. And then they're getting lots and lots of rain. Lots and lots of rain. And all the hills and everything that were burned down because of the fires that were destroyed of foliage are now collapsing and tumbling down into the valleys. Yeah, mudslides. Yes, a lot of mudslides, you know, because of, mm. but there's no houses or anything there because they all got burned up, so it's not. Right. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh, it's horrible. One thing. Well, no, um, <clears throat> well, I guess we will uh, close the show for today for December 5th, and we'll be back uh, next Thursday on December the 12th. Uh, yeah, December the 12th. I had to check. Um, thank you all for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed the show. And you can, uh, like you said at the beginning of the program, you can email us anytime. Uh, Ron will get that. Uh, it is all about wine101 at gmail.com. That's all one word. Don't put all space, whatever. Just all about wine101 at gmail.com. And uh, Ron will get that. You have a question or you want to. A topic for a future date, or you want to be a guest on the show, email that's the email address. Contact them, and uh, or you can contact us through Facebook. You can always do that as well, and uh, we'll get it eventually. Um, yes, we will. Fifteen years, fifteen years later, we'll get it eventually. That's right, just like the Supreme Court. <laughs> just like the Supreme Court. <laughs> We're on Supreme Court time. Yeah, on Supreme Court. <laughs> that's right. We are we are so booked. It takes hey, we are so busy. <laughs> We just can't, right. can't keep up. <laughs> That's right. All right. Yeah. We'll see you all next time. Uh, thanks again, and uh, have a great uh, have a great week and enjoy your wine. Thank you. Yeah. Be careful out there shopping. Uh, and that is the wrong tune. Here we yeah. go. <laughs> Be safe. This concludes tonight's broadcast of All About Wine with your host, Ron. For show information, links to All About Wine on Twitter and Facebook, or to be a guest on the show, visit the show website at www.allaboutwinebtr.com. Archive shows are available for download on iTunes or on our show page at blogtalkradio.com forward slash allaboutwine. Thank you for listening. Drink responsibly, and we'll see you next time on All About Wine. And the show, that's good. It was okay. Uh, that's good. I guess I can go into the green room now. No, so yeah, we'll go to the green room. All right.